Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. El nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's es... Cruyente, tiernito, oh. Es pollo la McDonald's. Un mordisco y... Es el nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el lab de McDonald's. En McDonald's participantes. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 92. I hope you are all staying safe and healthy. Before we get to this week's guest, Gibson Johns, who is fabulous and has so many wonderful stories about interviewing Bravo celebrities, I wanted to give a plug to uh, Ryan Bailey's podcast, So Bad It's Good, with Ryan Bailey, who has a fantastic interview this week with Vanderpump Rules star Charlie Burnett. She was one of the new cast members this year. Uh, you'll recall her famous scenes are about not eating pasta or avocado. But if you listen to this interview that Ryan does with her, she actually explains why. And it is a lot more complicated than you may think. Um, it also made me realize how much the editors are really leaving on the cutting room floor because she makes it pretty clear that there were a lot of scenes that she filmed where she shared some heartbreaking details about her past and some struggles that she's had. And none of that somehow made it into the show. And I know the editors, you know, can't show every single cast member storylines. And that's why I really think we need to break the show into two with some crossover, because I really actually want to know more about Charlie now. And I feel like we were deprived of it. So I'm hoping that she's back in some capacity next season and that we can get to know her better. Of course, the other big news in Vanderpump Rules this week is the controversy over how Sheena Shea and some of the other cast members have been portrayed on the show through editing. And one of the editors of the show, Brie Dellinger, went on Evelyn Marley's podcast, which is called Twisted Plot. You all should follow her um, at This One's For You Tonight and subscribe to her podcast, Twisted Plot. It's great. So she had Brie on and Brie shared what we already kind of knew, which is that the editors sort of troll the cast and uh, portray them in certain ways, sometimes accurate, sometimes kind of embellishing what they have already done. And people were very outraged at some of the remarks that I think Brie made sort of just flippantly kind of joking. I do believe that she really did love the show. But of course, her, her biggest mistake was probably going on a podcast and speaking publicly about something that most editors just don't talk about publicly. 
Now, this has all led to the hashtag justice for Sheena movement, which has been brewing for some time after all of us are watching Sheena on our screens as really the MVP of season eight, bridging the gap between the old cast and the new cast, and yet still being edited to look boy crazy, not really show any of her business ventures, and kind of make her seem sort of like a dumb little girl. There's also a really good interview that Danny Pellegrino did with Sheena Shea, where she talks about kind of watching her edit and what it's done to sort of her self-worth and how she views herself. So I highly suggest you all listen to it. I'm hoping that, you know, the way that the editors of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the producers of that show kind of took notes after last season with Puppygate and, you know, everyone's saying that they wanted people to talk more on camera about certain things that I'm hoping that the Vanderpump Rules producers and editors take some notes from what we're saying about season eight and how we think it could be better. And I think one of the ways that it could be better is showing more than just Stasi's businesses, which is a WeHo Wine, her podcast. We know that other cast members also have business ventures. We know that they're doing different things. And I think we would like to see it. It's pretty hard when you've got like 20 members of the cast to see kind of all of their backstories. But I'm hoping if it could be split into two, we could see a bit more. Okay, now time for my guest, Gibson Johns. As always, please rate and subscribe if you like this podcast. Follow me on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. And uh, my personal accounts is at Mandy Slutsker. Always love hearing from you guys. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I am here with Gibson Johns, who is a huge Bravo and Housewives fan. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. This is a good way to end my week. So uh, I'll talk about all things Bravo. Like that, You don't have to ask me twice. I know. <laughs> all things Bravo. <laughs> well, let's like just jump into it. This week do it. was crazy for Bravo. There were so many headlines in the tabloids, page six, Us mm-hmm. Weekly. Um, maybe let's get started with the, the Vanderpump Rules editor situation of it all. A little more straightforward, probably. Yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. more than, than some of the other madness. Right. So full disclosure, I adore Evelyn Marley, and um, she's the one who has the Twisted Pot- Plot podcast that the Vanderpump Rules editor was featured on and caused a little controversy where people took things that she said not out of context, but definitely just like pulled them out and didn't think of like the episode as as a whole. What were your kind of thoughts on on all of that? So I've only listened to the clip that sort of was making its rounds uh, with the really damning quotes about Sheena. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think it's really, you know, I I probably have the same opinion that a lot of people have on it, which is that it's really unfair to Sheena, I think. At this point, it's like, you know, beyond the fact that she started the show and we wouldn't have Vanderpump Rules without Sheena um, being that it was that bridge from Bev- from Beverly Hills back in the day. Um, she's the one that has been kind of jumping headfirst into the whole, you know, connecting the old and the new. She's the one that was bridging that gap this year too. And so like the fact that they kind of had this like kind of evil uh, mentality around how they want to portray Sheena 
is not it just it just feels a little bit uh, icky and I don't know. I think Sheena is epic and watchable and knows how to deliver the moments on her own, regardless of what the editing is. And so it's like, I also wish they would trust her with that. You know what I mean? I do too. I really do love Sheena. I identify her with her in certain ways that I never expected. And I wish we could see a bit more of her quote unquote real life and her, how much she hustles and her business ventures instead of trying to always kind of dumb her down to being this boy, crazy, aloof person. Um, At the same time, I really feel like this editor did not intend for the comments to be taken the way that they were. And I think maybe she's newer in her career and didn't know what to say or not say in a public format. Mm -hmm. I was more upset by things that she said about Peter and and some other folks on the podcast where I really felt she said she thought he was a creep. He works all the time. I'm like, someone working all the time. He works all the time. That's really bad. That's that is not not like make someone a creep. (laughs) And like she mentioned who she thought was thirsty and not thirsty. It's like these people are on reality TV. They are all thirsty. That's like that's by that's like part of the definition of a reality star. And we all know that they would admit that. I mean, if there's anything positive to come out of that, I think it's that Sheena finally has a platform to call for the way that she wants to show her life moving forward. In a way, like I think totally. maybe. So what I'm hoping, this is my hope for Vanderpump Give Rules. Give it to us, yeah. I hope that they do what what Beverly Hills has done and take the notes that people are giving them, right? So I mm-hmm. hope they recorrect. I hope they maybe split it into two with the old people and the new people and yep. some crossover on both. Totally happy to watch two shows. Happy to give Bravo more, the more advertising the merrier, money, right? Exactly. Right? But um, I want them to show people's real lives as adults living in the valley or wherever they live, getting money, however they get money, don't and and break the fourth wall. I'm sick of. Yeah, I I think you're totally right about about Beverly Hills, which is like they we ask them to be more open. We ask them not to double down on one topic the entire season. We ask them to sort of pull back the curtain a bit. And they've done all of that. And it's resulted in a really, really amazing start to the season probably better than it's been in years. years and you're right Vanderpump Rules needs to be listening to the fans and if they don't they're going to lose a lot of people next season and I you know it's like I think that what like you said one positive thing to come from that that interview and sort of the backlash of that interview is that now Sheena has this huge support system and it's, it's sort of like people love Sheena and I think that like that will empower her going forward um and at the same time it's like you know it also makes you think about how they were editing everyone else. And they talked about how like, you know, they really wanted Bo and Stassi to be this like kind of like godly couple. And like, I love Stassi and Bo, but um, you know, the fact that they're making Sheena not look bad and they are making Jax look bad, but like they, that she wasn't as open about that fact, I guess. But you know, there's enough there with the old people to make for a good second show. There, there is, there, there's enough there, but um, you know, I, I I agree. I think like I, I need some of the messiness that we miss from those early seasons. Some of that really. And I think the messiness is just a little different than it doesn't have to all have to revolve around sir or no. sleeping with each other. If you no. unveil like the curtain and pull back the fourth wall, there'll be messiness with them fighting over contracts, fighting yes. over other stuff, you but know, fighting over like their business, like being competitive about like their podcasts and their yes. books and their things. Like I would, 
totally watch Kristen and Stassi yell at each other about their business ventures. Like that's underneath. I mean, like I would have loved to hear about more about the Witches of WeHo, like stuff and how like some Katie and Stassi were kind of dropping the ball and Kristen was carrying on her back. Um, and then on the flip side, it's like it, it, whatever the existing show with the new with the new people is, it's like. I think there's so much more to find out about Danica and like Danica, her, yes. her DUI bre- start your car with a breathalyzer situation. Like we saw that in like two seconds. I'd love like two episodes on that. Um, <laughs> apparently she has like, apparently she has like a messy relationship that we never heard about with a different Brett who also right. is at sir. <laughs> right. And it's just like, you know what? Like, there is stuff there and that we, there's just like simply not enough screen time for them to go into all this. And so like they, you're right. Like, I don't, I think there is worthwhile in some of these new people, a hundred percent. I was a hate, I was kind of like hating on them at the beginning, but I think it was more because I was projecting my frustrations about just like the state of the show in general on yes. and blaming it on them. And it's not, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just like a prop. It's just like, there's too many people. And that's just a fact. I do think that the female character, new people are better than the guys that they found. Like Max, I know is real and and I'm willing to give Max another shot in terms of watching him on TV because he really does work at Tom Tom and they all seem to be friendly with him and know him. So he's like real. I feel like Brett was picked by casting, moved two months beforehand and had no actual relationship when they keep on saying Brett and Max are best friends. How no. is that possible? Did they know each other before <laughs> filming? Like they don't seem like they know each other. No, they, they re- there's there's no deep connection there. Let's <laughs> let's just call a spade a spade. There's no deep connection there, and it's also just like okay, if they really cast Brett, which like fine, like I understand that sometimes they have to source people on these shows. Why him? Literally, why? Like of My all people, theory is because he used to date this uh, YouTuber beauty blogger who had a big I've following. This. Got it, and he had a following as a result of dating her and being featured on her YouTube shows. And I think like they're looking kind of to build a younger demographic because all the people who've been watching Vanderpump rules have been watching since 2013. Right. And so I think they're like trying to like go into the, Oh, the YouTube stars, the whatever. Um, he didn't prove to be that interesting or compelling at all. But like literally I couldn't tell the only thing I can think about with him is like him making side comments about, the women on the show specifically Sheena that were very uncalled for and then him training Lisa Vanderpump sort of but also just being there for her to like gawk at that that whole thing was weird I don't know I just like he brought nothing to the table for me yeah let's get into one other uh, two other sort of big stories going on this week so Southern Charm first there was a situation where Catherine Dennis um, was basically harassing a woman of color online uh, because she had expressed some um, support for someone who would call, I don't know, there was this like business owner in Charleston who was having a Trump rally. And then there were people who were like, wow, that sucks that you're doing that. And then this person, I guess, came out and said, wow, like that sucks that there's this Trump rally. I don't want to support this business. And then Catherine Dennis, who was friends with the Trump rally supporter person, just started harassing her on DM and eventually sent her a monkey emoji, which Mm -hmm. is widely known as being racist. Mm -hmm. So she had to come out with a statement apologizing that none of this shocks me. I'm much more shocked by the other stuff that came out this week. The Cameron of it all. Yes. So that 
Cameron, Naomi, and Chelsea all walked away from filming Southern Charm. It doesn't sound like they got cut. It sounds like they, they walked, walked away. away. They, made, they made a pact to, to, to leave. I, that's what it really sounds like. And it sounds like th- the um, situation was that there was a rumor about Cameron's husband cheating on her and that Catherine started that rumor. Ooh, <laughs> Catherine Dennis back I in the know. hot and then, seat. And then the woman that was accused of being the mistress said that she was not, had never even met him. Met yeah, him she said husband. she'd never met either of them. Right, right. <laughs> Which like, is like. But hmm. she'd met Catherine. Right. She did her makeup once right. or something right. like and that. And so, wow, where do you even start here? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And, you know, I think that I've seen a lot of like, um, people say, oh, I wish this was being filmed. Oh, I wish the cameras were rolling during all this drama, which like, yeah, sure. It would make for, you know, good TV to watch this all implode. But also like, it also feels like Naomi and Chelsea and Cameron saw what perhaps Southern Charm is, which is kind of a sinking ship in the in, in its current state. I think that they like, so they didn't want anything to do with Catherine at this point. And uh, they said they, they they said they walked away months ago, which means it was probably before they started filming this season that they kind of gave their uh, their, their notice. notice, right? Um, so th- 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 I feel like there's probably even more going on. I mean, there must have been a straw that broke the back, um, but I don't know. It's 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 wild to think about Southern Charm without a lot of these key players, and it, to me, it just calls for a full reboot potentially. You know what I mean? Like they can't bring Catherine back either. Yeah, the whole thing is, I mean, I've always uh, watched with kind of shock at right. how blatant the white supremacy on the show is yeah. and like white privilege. Like mm-hmm. we're going to hang out at a plantation and act like that's completely normal, right. which it is for a which huge it is for, segment yeah, of exactly. certain populations. Mm-hmm. But to not ever um, acknowledge anything with that made me uncomfortable, number one. Yeah. And then just to, I'm not going to shame a a Bravo celebrity for supporting a certain politician. Like people can support who they want to support. But when you start harassing like strangers, uh, part of me, but again, okay. So here's what I was thinking. Yes. Catherine just lost her mother. And she's mm. not in a very good mental state. And it seems very similar to Jax losing his dad. But prior to them losing their parents, did they still engage in this behavior? Is this them acting out? Or is them now using excuses to act out because they've gone through something tough? That's a really good question. And I think that, I think if you believe sort of what all the all of Catherine's co-stars have said, which is like, um, and I think Landon also put out, put out a statement, which is like, you know, basically implying that Catherine has always been a problem and they've all had their moments of calling that out but then for the sake of the show they've sort of like bitten their tongues and kind of tried to find some sort of way to get along with Catherine I think for the sake of southern charm if you believe those which is like kind of where there's smoke there's fire you'd think that like there has been more of this in past years and this is just kind of like an extreme example of whatever you want to label it um you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of shocking because it's like, you know, if you're Catherine Dennis or if you're Jax Taylor, it's like when you're DMing with a random person, like, obviously these screenshots are going to get out. Obviously, <laughs> you know, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I guess they just have like very little self-control and they get so heated and so yeah. passionate. And like you said, like 
her her judgment is not there right now probably and that's not to excuse it it's just like wild to me that somebody with such a big platform with so much visibility especially in charleston which is a very small city it's like why is she, it's just crazy it's 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 it's, it's in, i can't even comprehend it she also had gotten the um, very sympathetic edit the last season. Yes. And so everyone kind of rallied around her. You couldn't really say anything negative. People knew she was drinking again. People know she's probably doing drugs again. Like she's hangs out with people who do them and goes to mm. parties. She doesn't always have her kids. So right. like I'm not judging. You know, you do what you want to do and you're mm-hmm. not in charge of children. But right. I think she's trying to I don't know and she never seems comfortable with herself when she's doing interviews like something is very off with her and her behavior yeah yeah I I agree and I think like there I think at some points throughout the years you know there were moments where you really wanted to sympathize with Catherine I think and you know especially um I recently watched Southern Charm from the beginning (laughs) like several like at the end of last year and um you know, there are moments when, at least in hindsight, we were just like, geez, they like really did not treat Catherine well at some time, right. at some points. But again, like any of that just like does not excuse what she did recently. And to me, it just opens up Southern, It open, again, it opens up for them to just completely reboot Southern Charm. It opens it up for them to diversify Southern Charm. It opens yes. it up for them to really restart because as we've seen, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of promise in a show still being based in Charleston and, and, and sort of like based on this like Southern whatever, because I think there's a lot to mine there, but they can go all very deep. Cause like you said, like a lot of this stuff has just been sort of like the, the elephant in the room for years, I think, uh, just sort of like in the background. And it, it'd be kind of awesome if they could like address this and it could make, make for a really good conversation um, going forward. You know, I, I think I so know. too. Yeah. Like them all going to a polo match and being like, oh, some like a, a new person being like, so this is what you like. <laughs> totally. Like, like plant like a really liberal person in, in that cast <laughs> and see what they do. You know, like they can plant somebody in there who could like call people on their shit. Yeah. And really, really kind of like rile it up and maybe make some change down there. I don't know. Like, I think that. Again, Charleston is a small city, so like a, li- a little goes a long way, I think. There and um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's tough thinking about all the stuff that just has been unaddressed for so long. And I always have my theory, which I I feel like this went down months ago, but I also feel like it was perpetuated even more by coronavirus and both, you know, um, Jason Cam's husband and Matul Naomi's boyfriend mm. are anesthesiologists who mm. intubate coronavirus patients, putting them at very high risk of getting sick. And, you know, then they're at home, uh, Cam's at home with Palmer, you know, then everyone else that is in their orbit, they can't even be around because of the risk of their partner. And then they see like, you know, Craig and I don't know, like Shep and everyone just kind of like going around and still sort of like partying, acting like that they're socially Uh distancing when they're really not. Catherine posing Mm -hmm. with masks with her friends, like two inches from her face. And everyone can, you know, do what they want with this quarantine. We're at we're at a point where we're going to have to figure out a way forward. Mm -hmm. But to see people be so cavalier and kind of throw caution to the wind when you've got a loved one who is, you know, fighting for people's lives and putting his life at risk, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would irk me. 
Yeah. It, 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 and if you really think about it, it's like, you know, with Naomi, with Cameron, with Chelsea, it's like, you know, they were maybe, they, they were, they were so normal. I know. <laughs> so they're so, um, like they have their heads on their shoulders and they, you know, I, they're pretty widely liked from what I can tell. And it's like, it, maybe it just was time for them to step away from, from this circus. I, you know what I, I mean? I think it just wasn't for them. And Karen yeah. had been on reality TV. She started oh with God. the real world. She's perfect for being that sort of narrator. Voice of the people. Voice. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and I think, you know, they would need to find somebody to sort of fill that void for sure. Um, but there, there are plenty of people to choose from. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that are lining up to replace them and I don't think that they will be fully replaced but I again like I think that they're whenever something big happens to really shake up a Bravo show and it kind of forces their hand to really find new people um it pretty much always results in something that good something like like Summer House like when Real Housewives of New York had to do that big reset um you know they're it happens. And it, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sad for some really long time viewers of these shows who get so attached to the people, but at the end of the day, it's really good for them to shake it up. It really is. And this could give them an excuse to kind of get some of the other people out of there too. And get some maybe yeah. better guys in there at some, uh, I don't know. Like it's just, let's literally have a full new cast. Keep Pat around. I know. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't want to get rid of Michael, the Butler and Patricia. Yeah, no, no, no. We, that, they can be the centerpiece. They can be like the, the kind of overlords of Southern Charms. But um, I don't know. I'd love to see the next season just be like totally new faces. It'd be kind of fun. I think it would be fun too. So what did you think of the Real Housewives of Atlanta Zoom reunion? Oh my God. That shit was iconic. I am sorry. <laughs> like I, I could not, I mean, th- I am actually kind of mad that I haven't rewatched it. I've only watched it once when it was, when it was on. Cause it was just like a minefield of one liners and reads and receipts. And there was so much going on at all times. It was kind of overwhelming, but in like the best sense of that word, um, like I, I, it was just insane. Like the the amount, like the Portia and Kenya were on fire. Like they wow. came to totally yes. play. I think Nini came to play. I don't know how how well it, like it came across, but um, wow, the fact that we're getting two more episodes like that is wild to me. Like this is what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. I'm so glad that. Atlanta was the first Zoom Same. reunion because totally. they kind of set the bar high. They have and the best reunions. They have they the do. best reunions. And I think they're showing everyone else how it's done and making us, the viewers, feel better about watching things via Zoom. Like, yeah, it's not the agree. same. But when Por- Portia was really... Go- when she pulled out into- that phone and was like <laughs> scrolling through, oh, let me find this text. You know, like that was, oh, I love her with the I, crown. I That's love, I love them. I'm trying to think yeah. of my favorite moments. I mean, when Nini put down her computer, but like didn't fully close it. So you could see the camera right. was like you pointed the at the bottom part of the, com- of the keyboard. And then she left and like, they don't know if she was coming back. And then she came back and she was like, I had to pee and change my tampon. <laughs> And that I I like even read into that because I've yeah. noticed on casts, especially casts that have older women, the women, this is so stupid, but like the women who still get their periods, 
I feel like they talk about it a, a decent amount. Oh, yeah. Amount. It's like a point of pride. And it's like, it's like, why are you pushing this? Like, you're dealing with, like, perimenopausal <laughs> and menopausal women. You don't need to keep talking about that you're getting your period and other people aren't. <laughs> like, Well, I, I think it's, like, because on, like, New York and Atlanta New York, and, yes. and Potomac, it's, like, there's a little bit of, like, an ageist thing that happens on these shows. So it's, like, it's, like. If, are they trying to call Nini old? No, like, no, she still gets her period. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, no, that's exactly what I was taking it for. Right. That she just wanted to keep throwing it out there. I was like, you're totally. not getting it for that much longer, <laughs> Nini. Like, <laughs> But again, like, that's another, again, and I think a Zoom reunion is the perfect example of a time that Bravo can continue to play the fourth, to, to, to break down the fourth wall. And like, that's what we're all asking for these days. Like, that's just like a common refrain that, I'm, that everyone's loving. And like, it's just, it's just it's wild and I think that the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion has been like the single best production done virtually via Zoom or it's actually not done via Zoom I think it's done via some like other high-tech thing but virtual situation that I've seen since quarantine started it is like Same. genuinely good TV everything else there's been some other kind of solid moments like some of those concerts and things but this is a lot to coordinate and they've done a really, really good job. And the fact that next, this, this coming uh, part, part two, Andy clearly has muting power, which is like iconic. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That is next level. God (laughs) shit. Like our Lord and savior, Andy Cohen, like the mute button. That is, that's, that's, that's called the like all important power. That is like, Oh my God. Goals. He is so funny. I think that Bravo has done an incredible job during coronavirus and social distancing to produce content. I mean, Watch What Happens Live at Home is a well-done production, and it 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 is getting better every week. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think, and I also think that, um, you know, I was really sad when they announced that Real Houses of Potomac was getting postponed, but in retrospect, I'm grateful that they made that decision Me too. It, like we we have a lot of really good housewives on right now let's spread it out let's spread it out potomac is one of my favorite franchises let's give it time to really get focused on you know like let atlanta end let beverly hills in new york kind of continue to build this momentum and then give us potomac in the summer when they're winding down like that's and then perfect. we'll have it into fall exactly and that's yeah. the key and we know that this coming season is going to be amazing so that was a great decision that they made um i will say the one my least favorite thing that they've done, which is unfortunate because the season was so good, was the Summer House reunion did not do it for me at all. I felt like they didn't spend enough time on it. Yeah, it felt really uneventful and boring to me. And I felt like people were holding back and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, like Carl was so subdued. Um, Lindsay was very subdued on that reunion. I don't know. It, it, the only thing, the only fireworks were between Luke and, and Jules. And it was just kind of like, was that even a thing on the season? <laughs> well, know? everyone's like, face that... during that kind of changed. It was like, oh, we're going to talk about the thing that happened off camera. Right. Right. You there know? was clearly some shit with Luke that like we did not see. And I, when I interviewed Kyle and Amanda before the finale, he kind of like alluded to that. He was sort of like, you know, with Luke, he kind of got the you know, the good guy first season edit. They were very forgiving of him. When he said he didn't want to talk about something, they let him not talk about it and didn't really question him. Whereas like with Kyle and Carl, they don't let them do that. They like, right. no, you're talking about this. Um, so I think a lot of people were very frustrated about that. And I actually didn't sense that during the season, but it was clearly a thing. That's so interesting. Yeah. So who is your favorite Bravo celebrity that you've interviewed? 
or like one uh, of the more iconic maybe name a couple that it just yeah i would say well, okay like the one that really um the one that i was the most nervous about and i've since talked to her multiple times was bethany just because like they're i just wasn't sure what to expect from like her energy in person right. i didn't know if it was going to be like super intimidating if she was going to be super fun i just like didn't really know the first time she was definitely more subdued but i kind of approached it in the right way whereas like I slowly got to the stuff that I wanted to get to, to get to talk about sort of yeah. like started out light. Um, and then the next two times she was perfectly lovely and she recognized me and she like, remember, like that's like, she was, she's been great. And I think that I, she's my favorite housewife of all time. So I just like was very, I was very glad that it went the way it did when I, when I've talked to her. Um, who else has been really good? Uh, it's always fun with the ones that really make, make an effort to, to remember you and get to know you, yeah. you know? And, and for me, I started interviewing people four to five years ago. And um, that's around the time when, or like early in that time was when like Dallas and Potomac started. That's around the time that Margaret Joseph joined New Jersey. And so because I, back then I was saying yes to literally everything. I would, I wanted to interview as many people as I wanted to interview. Um, didn't care who they were, didn't care if I'd never heard of them. And that goes for some of these first season back then who were first season housewives that nobody had ever heard of. And so I think there's like a, like a gratitude when, when you're kind of not a nobody, but somebody that not people aren't aware of yet or don't really care about yet. Um, Cause looking back, it's like anybody would want to interview Margaret Joseph's now, but back then, you know, no one I, they paying attention. begged me to get yeah. a phoner with her. Right. So um, and like the ladies in Dallas and Potomac that, you know, their first seasons weren't amazing. So um, those, they have all kind of stuck with me and like we follow each other and we'll message each other. And it, it's just fun to have that rapport with them and just yeah. like feel like we've kind of like come up with each other a little bit, you know? No, um, that's so it's, so it's always nice. fun to see them. It's almost like we're like, we're not friends, but it's like, we're, we are friendly and we, and we like, and I, and I really enjoy that having that sort of like extra um, kind of moment with them. Um, so yeah, it's been fun to kind of rise up with, with, with those people and watch them also just like kind of meld into these roles, you know, like one day I had Giselle and Karen come into the office together and I interviewed them together. And like that, like oh, that was like probably back in season my three. God. I and would like, that is like, that's, that was like, die. that's amazing. <laughs> like I, that was so underrated at the time for me and not cause like nobody, I still hadn't gotten enough people to convert to Potomac and like. Now Potomac is a top franchise, in my opinion. So I like, think it's I think it's yeah. only under New York. Yeah, I, oh, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it bring it. And then last season, I had Candace and Ashley come in the same day. Oh my gosh! They to, but, but they came in. At, they had to. They had to come in at separate times because they did not. They do not like each other. So, no, that's that's very clear. Yes, and yes, through. They, they seen, were having a joint press day. I've seen Giselle in person. And care actually, I've seen both of them in person at Erica Jane's concert. Wow, um, that, that she is did at the Howard moment. Theater. That is a moment. I'm jealous of that one. And the best part was that Giselle drove herself in her Mini Cooper. Incredible. I and mean, so when wow. we were walking out, I was sort of like not following her. It was on my way home. Yeah, you just gotta like just you got know, and she was accompanied attention. by some security person to a Mini Cooper, got in and drove away. And I was like. I'm I'm obsessed with that image. Giselle obsessed. drove from I think she lives in Bethesda yeah, to right. Shaw, like in downtown DC, and then honestly, back. just honestly just for the photo with Erica Jane backstage. That's that's yeah. why. I, no, that's, that's literally <laughs> what it is. It's so they could get in go with Erica. I think Erica <laughs> exactly. invited them. And then the best part of that concert was in the very beginning. Mikey was like 
going on the stage to set something up and everyone just started shouting Mikey and he was like <laughs> he seemed like kind like of guard that people recognized him no I love he that was I would, I would die I love Mikey his, yes yeah, yeah. that and was a I'd great say, show yeah I'd say the only other thing that's sticking out is BravoCon from last year which was just like such a oh, I tried to go I can't, so there's, badly there are honestly no words but I did two panels for BravoCon last year and one of them was um Melissa Giselle, Ashley, and Emily from OC. So that was like a housewife to housewife, like mashup yeah. moment. And that was really, really fun. And then the next morning, on a Sunday morning at 10.30, <laughs> I did a cooking demo interview with Dolores and Teresa. No. At 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> and they, um, the call time was probably like 10. So like a half an hour before it started. You know, we're sitting there, we're sitting there. Where Teresa? Where's Dolores? Like I, they were staying at the same hotel in in New York, a couple blocks away, I think. And it was like ten twenty, and like they hadn't even gotten in their cars to go to the venue, and like the place was filling up. You know, like the 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 guy, like the the guy warming up the crowd was kind of doing his his spiel, and they walk in at like ten twenty nine, <gasps> and. You know, I'd interviewed Teresa before and she was very subdued, extremely, extremely low energy, not not rude or anything like that, like very nice and cordial, but just like not as engaging as you'd maybe hope during like a one-on-one interview. Um, so I was kind of expecting that from her, but they felt so bad about how late they were, which they blamed on glam, which now, now we're learning is just like the classic it's- number one excuse. I love <laughs> like, My I feel glam like I took too this. long. Um, yeah, they literally blamed on the glam. And so they felt so bad that they like brought like over the top energy to this, to this panel. So like we go out for this cooking demo. They were supposed to be making like spaghetti and meatballs at 10, again, at 10 30 in the morning. It's, I forget <laughs> what the official name of this thing was. So then, but they had champagne for us. And so Teresa, again, she felt bad. Cause I think we went, ended up going on late as well. So she felt so bad. And so she comes out with this champagne bottle pops it has everyone come running up to the stage and she pours the champagne into their mouths like like going across the front of the stage and that's how we started that's how we started it off and I was just like and then they were so engaging and so fun and willing to talk about anything during that panel and like that was just fun because obviously it it was at BravoCon everyone there was so excited to be there but um just the fact that she to me like that's her being very professional and her getting it which is I made these people wait. They came for me at, on a Sunday morning. I'm going to I'm gonna bring it in a way that I probably wasn't going to bring it 30 minutes ago. You know what I mean? So I that was really that. fun. And I love to, I love to like kind of watch that all transpire and be there for that. That is so, yeah. those are fantastic. I'm so, yeah. so sad I didn't get to go to BravoCon. I had three browser, browsers open trying Ugh. to get tickets at the it same impossible. time. I don't know how, I don't know how people got tickets. I only got to go because I was media. But I don't, you know. And I, I had really a friend know. who I had on the podcast, um, Jody, who went to BravoCon, but none of her friends got the tickets. Like she was able to get one. Right. So she's like, so, or no, some, she had the three day ticket and some friends got the one day ticket. So she, on two of the days, 
basically just walked around and like made friends with strangers she's like i mean there there's no better place to make friends with strangers though like i i made friends with strangers of course but she was just like in line on the days being like so i'm not here with anyone because no one else could get the tickets but (laughs) let me just go with it (laughs) i love it i mean why not she could line up by herself to get the photo ops like totally worth it are you kidding right and she said people started like saving her seats at things oh my god i love it no, people were very, very, very friendly at BravoCon. Like that was, I felt part of this community more than I ever have ever because like, again, everyone there was there for a reason. Like you're not yes. paying several hundred dollars to go to a reality show, a reality TV convention, essentially, if you're not diehard and looking to like connect with other people who like the same thing as you do. Yes. Well, let's get into a couple recaps uh, this week. So wanted to get your thoughts on Vanderpump Rules, a tale of two pool parties. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's just start where with the one thing that nobody asked for, which was the multiple returns from commercial break with Instagram stories of Jax giving us like updates from his gym. Like I don't. I, I posted some screenshots from that and I was like, why like nobody asked for this? Like, why are they why are the editors doing this to us showing these random selfie videos of Jax? And it's like somebody responded with the best response, which was, if I fo- if I wanted to follow Jax on Instagram, I would follow Jax on Instagram. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we no we don't need this, you know? It, it reminds me of um during Colton Underwood's season of The Bachelor. I don't know if you watch it. But I didn't the- watch. I didn't watch. I, I I stopped The Bachelor after Rachel's season. Oh, it was a good time to stop. Yeah. When they didn't choose Peter as The Bachelor, I was done. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, that's <laughs> totally fair. Um, I still partake uh, in, in The Bachelor. But during Colton's se- I don't pay as good of attention, though. Uh, but during Colton's season, they had him doing these, like, one-on-one with him with the camera, like, kind of diary videos. And people had the same reaction. Yeah. Um, so seeing Jax, and then we, this is after last week where he tells us that he's on Adderall to lose weight after having gained weight from smoking too much pot. So Jesus. it's clear he's a little bit on unhinged. Now, there was another yeah. drug reference during this, this episode. Remind me what that was. So I, I wasn't, I think it was a drug reference. Um, during Dana's comedy show, she joked about how she has a lot in common with folk, the kids on Stranger Things because she too gets nosebleeds on weekends. That was for sure a uh, reference. Okay, that's what- <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not insinuating that Dana does whatever, but like, that was at least the that joke. That was what was she was joking about. That. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And for it, sure. I was trying to see who from Vanderpump Rules um, was laughing at that because you know were they, they all laughing? No, I mean they were smiling, kind of like it, you Too know, real was, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I've always thought that on Vanderpump Rules in particular, there is a serious problem with Adderall. Some Mm. of them seem to know how to handle themselves and, you know, maybe take sparingly and others can't. And Stassi is one of them that had a major problem and that when she, you know, it, it became too big of a problem and then she stopped and then she started again and then she stopped and now she's done. And so Jax, it was just him being very open and honest about him trying to kind of control his weight and his emotions and his everything. And it just, 
Which, like, on one level, I guess you can respect, which is, like, the openness. And, you know, the same can't be said for everyone. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's just really dark for me. It's super... Everything about Jax is dark, Yeah, it's too... And it always has been. But it's just, like, focusing on him, that episode was just, like... Again, like, focus on somebody else. Like, I I really don't think that there are very many viewers of this show who want to see a lot of screen time devoted to him. I just don't. And not when he's in that mean Especially not when he's in that. He can be super funny. He can be funny, but then it's also, like, if you contrast it with, like, quote-unquote, like, his best moments, at least how people perceive them, which is, like, his wedding. Like, I could, I didn't even like watching that. So it's like, I don't really, I just, I'm not a huge fan. And Sheena, of course, called him out because he was like mad that she booked something on his big day, which was the pool right. party. And she's like, right. the big day was June 29th. Ah, that was incredible. It again, was amazing. Again, I stand. I, I also stand. stand Katie standing up for herself. That so was good. That was a really good moment. Katie's another one that I think gets a really bad edit by the Mm -hmm. editors on Vanderpump Rules. I feel like she, whenever I hear her on podcasts or in interviews, she comes across very different than how they show her on the show. Yeah, I've interviewed her twice with Tom and I, she was totally lovely and much, had much more positive energy in person than it, again, it comes across on the show. Right. Totally. I saw her and Tom at Watch What Happens Live a ah, couple so years fun. ago. And they were they were great. You know, Tom uh, came out and said hi. And they are just so... Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Katie is more guarded for many reasons. But she also Definitely. seems to be one of the smartest in terms of being guarded and not letting in new people because she doesn't trust people in to... You know, just in general with the whole living your life on social media and on TV and, you know, I appreciate it. But when when they kind of were like, oh, well, Katie thought it was a good idea to have, you know, warring pool parties. And it's like she said it would be funny. It's not that she came up with the idea and then to yell at for Britney to yell at Katie. Like, I'm sorry. That's projection. That's that's. You married this monster and you told Jax, hey, if you hadn't have sent those rage texts, this wouldn't be happening. And he's like, so now it's my fault. Yes, Jax. Yeah, it is your fault. It is your fault. Exactly. And that's something I I tweeted this during the show. Just sort of like you realize that Brittany, this is what Brittany signed up for. She signed up to basically have a life of being caught between her husband and her friends that he is causing drama with. And that's just like a really sad situation that she has kind of backed herself into, I think. And like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like, it, it, it's hard to watch because like, again, like it's clearly Jax's fault. And the fact that she's yelling at Katie is really misguided. It's very misguided. Another thing that, okay. So this happened in uh, Vanderpump Rules, but also in Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. It's hard to watch. So when Tom and Tom were approached by Ken and Lisa to invest in the garden, right? Because Tom Tom had made a profit on its first year. It's a big deal. Restaurants right. and bars rarely do that. Mm-hmm. I cringed because I thought, oh my God, they're going to invest all this money. And now we're in a state in the world where people can't go to restaurants. So and, true. And that even if they do, the restaurants have to be low capacity. How do restaurants make money? Then we've got 
um, you know, Dorit investing in Buco de Beppo and oh like God, chains iconic. are falling left and right, you know, and I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it just I know. broke my heart. It, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's very precarious. And it's like, you know, I want to see all three of those people succeed. I, I, I'd, you know, I want, I'm living for Dorit trying to turn around and be a little more open about whatever she's is going through. I don't think we should be totally open about it, but for Tom and Tom, it's like, one, I'm confused about how much money they're actually making off of these situations. Like, I don't think that like they've cashed that much money or they pocketed that much cash, uh, excuse me, um, on Tom Tom yet, but <sighs> It's, t- it's tough to, you're right, it's tough to watch that and know sort of what lies ahead uh, right now. So, you know, clearly they're in a good enough space and they can all have these new houses. So like, you can't, and, they're, and they still make good money on this show, but hopefully they're not <laughs> investing at all in do restaurants. Oh, uh, it just made me say, I love, I also sad. thought that Tom and Ariana, like people, yes, it's funny that they don't have furniture. I think it's like a joke, whatever. Right. They'll get furniture. They're clearly waiting on stuff to come. Like, it's not like they're, like, never going to have furniture. Right. They just moved in. We're we're forgetting that this was filmed, like, only in the first few months after them moving into their houses. You know how long it takes to furnish a place? They probably actually focus on that and not rush into that and, like, actually have it look great and, like, what they want it to look like. So they're they're probably waiting until filming's done. Like, people need to chill. Well, also, it just takes time to get, like, a couch made, you know? If you've ever right. tried, I got like, you know, custom made couches from Crate and Barrel. That took months. It was worth go. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Should we get into Beverly Hills then? Because I yes. feel like there's not as much with Vanderpump. We just see. Yeah, I mean, Vanderpump is. It's Jax not give, needs it's some not very serious me. mental health help. I'm glad Stasi kind of called him out on it with showing compassion for how he's feeling, but also telling him not to behave like a victim. Yeah, that was and, necessary. You know, she really yeah. is the only one that could do that. I wish Brittany mm-hmm. had the relationship with Jax where they respected each other enough to not mm-hmm. to be able to call each other out without yelling. Um, but it doesn't seem like they have that. Totally. And yeah, I totally agree. And I'm just glad that um, we're coming up on the end of the season. I'm, I'm, I, it, it feels a little bit like a chore to watch right now. You know, I you mean, know, I, lo- I love laughing at the antics of Same. the Toms. It's, you know, it's like, oh, that's so Sandoval. Of course he did that, <laughs> you know, and like. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's, I love the Sheena moments and, you know, but it, it's, it's a just, bit it's, disjointed. It's a little bit of a slog, right. Yeah. yeah, like they get really deep with Ariana and then kind of pull away and don't ever show the fact that she exactly. is like actually going to therapy and doing the things that one should do when they experience severe depression. It just kind of seemed like the answer, according to the way it was edited, was for her to start working at Sir again. And Which that's is like so not, not helpful in any no. way for the show, for like actual mental health advice. For Ariana. Right. For Ariana. Like, what are you doing? Show what she's really doing with her life. And also, I I wanted to see a bit more about their their cocktail book and all the work that went into it. I know. The cocktail book, if you've seen it, has these beautiful photos of them, most of which were taken in their backyard. And I would Mm -hmm. love to have seen that photo shoot on the show. I know it's it's this weird thing on Vanderpump Rules, and I, you know, this has been talked about, but the, the had like the fifty stuff, the fifty cent stuff was yes. not on there, and I think that, that I was think like was a legal thing, that, though. Or I think that was a legal thing, and yeah. I also think that it was part. I think that was a condition 
or it's been rumored that that's condition of Randall agreeing to appear on it too was like we're not talking about this which okay right. fine whatever but like to have these sort of like real world moments happening and not not addressed and not talked about and just kind of glossed over um it feels like a, we're being cheated out of some kind of fun moments because at the end of the day we've been with these people for a long time and so it's it's kind of gratifying to watch them come into their own and build their brands like I, I genuinely mean that and mm-hmm. you know the jig is up when it comes to just pretending that it all revolves around sir and it all has to come back to there you know like it's we we, we we've graduated from that and I think it's time for them to just really um address that and lean into that what's hard though is because Lisa is an executive producer and I don't think she is ready to let that go even though the viewers want that part of the storyline and it all going back to Ken and Lisa like I don't think we need Ken and Lisa in Vanderpump Rules the way that we need Pat Alchel and Michael the butler on Southern Charm totally it's like why is why is Lisa going to Dana's birthday party right exactly you know like that just feels forced and unnatural and you know if again if they again if they do do that split keep lisa and ken around for the one that revolves around the restaurant yeah and maybe she can pop in and out of the really big events in the in a show that would in a in a theoretical show that would uh center on the old guard but you know she doesn't need to be in their lives every week that's just not a that's not what's actually happening in their yeah it doesn't life. feel natural no at all at i think all. in the beginning the first few seasons it did yeah, and she was um, really the mother figure to them for a lot of But now them. they've grown up. They don't need that mother figure, and uh, she's kind of forcing it. So I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't miss her on Beverly Hills, do you? I don't. I really, really don't. Yeah. Uh, was it was kind is... of shocking. Um, God, this season is so good. I, I really wasn't expecting it to be this good. Like, I, I had low expectations, and it is really, really bringing it for me. It is. So Kyle – uh, this week got sort of the villain edit and she we're did. not used to that we're used to Kyle always being the you know more nuanced thoughtful yeah. kind mm-hmm. of like speaking on behalf of the people and she was kind of off her rocker you know leaving I Denise's agree. party yelling at everyone sh- truly showing that she can't apologize Calling when she doesn't think she's wrong multiple times mm-hmm. oh yeah you're right she has a problem apologizing which most housewives do for sure but i don't but again like she doesn't she doesn't present herself as somebody that would have a problem apologizing yes she acts like she would apologize and she was wrong to leave the party and be a jerk and she definitely has an issue with denise and i don't know what the issue is yet but she is taking it out on denise richards and we are feeling it and we're seeing an edit of denise kind of you know i i like angry Denise and I like laid back Denise same same no right? I'm like I'm I'm all in on Denise and it was some, another thing that I tweeted this week was like a, a common theme here is like I air out my thoughts on Twitter and like to see how they how people react to them but you know something that I, I thought was like it's pretty crazy that at least the fans I don't know about the, how the women actually are thinking in the moment but the fans are fully team Denise like there is like People, I, at least from what I've seen and how people are reacting to what's going on, it's like people are not happy with Kyle and Denise is like really serving up some great confessional moments, some great reactions in, in the scenes. And like the fact that it's all going to kind of potentially swap around to the point where like 
it's going to be the cast against Denise. We think are a significant portion of the cast against Denise. It's hard to picture it getting that it getting to that point. It is, but I'm starting to feel that both Erica and Kyle are frustrated with Denise. Yeah, Erica's is more unsaid. Erica's been like suspiciously suspiciously quiet in the past two episodes, as I know I've I've noticed. Um, but you're right. There, there there are cuts to her and things like that, and some confessional moments that are like she's not happy with it either. Well, I think Erica likes people being authentic, and she can get over people being obnoxious or boring. So Dorit and Teddy, <laughs> respectively, um, <laughs> if if they're authentically themselves, right? And I think Dorit has always been herself, which is pretty obnoxious, but mm. I love it. And Teddy has always kind of been herself. And so then we've got this Denise who came across and really pushed us on that she was laid back and chill. And I think that's an aspect of her personality, but that's definitely not the whole Denise. There's no way sure. that's who she truly. I mean, she married Charlie Sheen. She's totally. not. She's been a superstar for for 30 years. She's, you know, and it's not just being a superstar, but like she's made some very poor decisions. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She 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 was like she was tabloid fodder for a while. Exactly. So to think that I think they're frustrated at how Denise is like maybe picking and choosing what she shows in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could think. Which like would be which is would be genuinely frustrating if you were one of the other one of her co stars, I yes. believe. Um but for me as it stands, like you know, I don't, I'm having a problem with Kyle at the end of the day. Like that's who I'm having a problem with right now uh, as it's playing out. I think the way that she's really doubled down on her friendship with Teddy isn't, in some ways it shows she's a good friend to Teddy, but in some ways I'm like, really? Is this the hill that you're going to die on? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like a, like the giving Dorit all this shit about the glam sesh, like, um, you know, I, I do think that Dorit saying that at least I have a life or whatever that comment was, like that was a little bit uh, uncalled for. And like, I would be mad if somebody implied that I didn't have a life. But um, yeah, I just like... Didn't say that. That's what Garcelle wanted them to do. Garcelle was like, what are you actually mad at? Let's talk Mm -hmm. about what you're upset about. Right. Yeah, I think sometimes Kyle says what's on her mind in the confessional, but not necessarily in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, with her and Teddy, I think they are real friends. I agree. But it's like, it's not a friendship that I enjoy watching on TV. Exactly. It's just not. I think they bond over having very unusual childhoods that didn't mm-hmm. have much structure and that now they are obsessed with structure right. and are a bit like they've kind of created a world in which they have an insane amount of structure and they both get each other on that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's that's a really good observation. You know, because Kyle said that she was she went to Studio 54 when she was like 10 or 11. Her mom brought her and her sisters there. <laughs> then Goals. Teddy said that she didn't really have any rules growing up. John Mellencamp was her dad. He's a rocker. She was mm-hmm. like around a lot of parties, you know, and both now they're they have very different lives than that. So I feel yeah. like they've pushed that away and, and they mm-hmm. bond over their. That's my guess. No, I think you're right. And um I don't know. I just, it just, again, I, I I think it also comes for me. It just comes back to the fact that like Teddy just like, shouldn't really be a housewife anymore. Yeah. It's like she, she shouldn't have been asked back for this season. I don't think, 
Um, she's really hasn't given us enough to merit her return mm-hmm. other than the fact that like she did genuinely kind of like she did genuinely put herself in with the group you know she she did I think she did like again create these real friendships with some of them but like Dorit does not like Teddy I don't think Erica likes Teddy uh genuinely you know what I mean it's like I don't think I don't think Lisa Rinna like really like I don't know I just think Lisa that, like, Rinna doesn't I think Erica likes Teddy but I think she's kind of like maybe I not think for she the does show. like for the sake of the show maybe yeah right? it's like I just I don't know I just like don't she doesn't give me enough to be excited about and so I think for me it's like I just like kind of snooze when it's like drama involving her a little bit you know who gives me everything who Lois Lois I am a sweet amazing woman with Lisa Rinna's mother I did an entire episode like years ago living life like Lois oh my god um me and my friend Katie Riddle because we just adore Lois and we want to be just like her as we get older (laughs) I would watch an entire show of Lois and her friends. I oh think God. just because She's you're so 91, just because you're older, it doesn't mean you're not funny. You can be no. hilarious. Oh hilarious. The drama is still there. No, she gives no, she gives zero shit. So she just like, just like says what's on her mind. And she like makes these funny expressions. She walks in wearing the red leather jacket and then shuts down the paparazzi at her granddaughter's event. And it's just like. <laughs> and forgets she, how old she is. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my God, the fact that she's in her 90s. Are you kidding? She's me? 91 and she was like, and then 81 years go by and she's, she's like, mom, mom, you're 91. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. She's uh, up there with some of the best moms of Housewives for sure. And she, the thing is the. she doesn't try to parade herself exactly. the way like a yeah. mama D or all these other moms. Or, uh, that have Dale, like these, right, exactly. She's, it's one of the only seemingly healthy mother-daughter relationships we have seen in Housewives. <laughs> You're right. Like, I'm like, when, oh, that and Portia's uh, mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're Very best healthy. Friends. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's epic. I love her so much. <sighs> and then I want to get your thoughts on Sutton before we move on to New York. Sutton. Sutton you know okay so my initial impression with Sutton was that in those first two episodes that or first couple episodes she, I'm glad that she's there they needed she was kind of a bomb they threw into the cast and they didn't know what to do with her like the ladies did not know how to react to this like southern <laughs> this like materialistic southern belle who like thought that she had stuff that thinks that she has style and all this stuff that was good for the show to have her on there but I don't I think she's trying too hard and I think that she was trying too hard to be funny um I don't think that she was coming across as funny as she thought she was um she settled down a little bit in the in the most recent episodes for me and she's been she's clearly been like more emotional and things like that but um I just don't see her forming genuine connections with I don't think that these women have any interest in like keeping her around you know what I mean um for that exact reason that they don't really know how to connect with her on a deep level or they don't really know what to do with her but again like she really has she's shaken things up in a good way that Beverly Beverly Hills needed to be completely shooken up um and it's almost there so I'm glad that they brought her in but I'm also kind of glad that she's not a full-time housewife yeah I think she's probably the most socially awkward housewife we've ever had (laughs) she's up there I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, it's like she's unsure how to interact with other human beings, right? And then is shocked by their reactions to what she puts out, 
Right. And it's like, maybe it's because they're in Beverly Hills. Maybe she would fit in really well in Dallas. Who knows? Like, maybe she'd be feel less awkward there. But I also think that maybe it is kind of her. I and, think it's her. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's very, she's a huge anomaly on this cast. And, um, you know, I, I I am excited to see like kind of what else she brings and kind of how else she stirs the pot and whatever. But I also know that she doesn't go to Rome with them later in the season. So it's sort of like what happens? I, I, maybe her and Rinna don't aren't friends anymore. I don't know. But so my understanding was that she signed up to be a full time housewife. She but did. then her ex-husband didn't allow filming with the kid to didn't end up signing off on the forms. Or something. So then she wasn't showing her whole life. And I also think that combined with the fact that she didn't really mesh with the cast. It must be more the mesh thing because like Erica doesn't hasn't shown her son until that one picture. Yeah. But season. so there are ways there are ways to skirt around that though. You know what I mean? Yes. That's there are. But she did show what, Tom. You're right. You're right. So she's showing so some guess... of her family and she has a reason not to show her son mm-hmm. who, although did you know that she did just post a picture of him on Instagram? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. He's quite attractive. Oh, I know people, the, people like fell in love with him when they showed that first photo. I mean, I mean, I love, I absolutely love that Erica is being so much more open this season. It's like, yes. a, it's a complete 180 from what we were seeing the past couple like seasons, with like the ice queen pers- persona. Um, I'm really loving it. Like, I, I, I th- there was definitely talk there that was like, should Erica still be on this show? Right. I, mean, I felt like I, she had I, given us all that she was a discussion could that was being had. And I kind of always knew that she had more in there. And I, I really like Erica and I always have. But like, this has, she did not want to go anywhere. So she is, she is really opening up. And it's, um, it's one, it's about time. And two, um, I think it's appreciated, you know, like it's, I, I, it feels really genuine to me. I know that not, not everyone thinks that, but um, I am fully brought back. I'm fully team Erica and I'm fully kind of like behind her because um, it's been fun to watch her this year. I also like her friendship with Rena. That feels very yes. real. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. They're, they're really fun together. Cause I miss Rena and Eileen Davidson. I know Eileen is one of the ones that I, for some reason, like I didn't even like, I didn't like fully openly love her when she was on like I I really I think I kind of took her for granted when she was on the show and I really missed her kind of very even keeled presence yeah um, but she was also willing to sometimes go there but I think that she has this she had this really great presence on Beverly Hills that I miss her. I, I missed for a while um, and I didn't realize I was gonna miss that but I agree that um, it's fun to watch Rinna and these really fun one-on-one relationships yes um and with Erica, we are getting that. It's so fun. Well, let's end yes. with New York. Um, okay. My God, do I love this. My franchise. favorite show on TV. I, and it's such a tragic comedy. Like, oh, I laugh out loud. More so than it ever has been. Watching by myself, I cannot stop laughing. And at the same time, also wanting to cry a couple times. Yes. Oh, my God. I read um, Brian Moylan's uh, recap of it on Vulture this oh, morning. Oh, I'm obsessed with like, Shout out to Brian Moylan. He was like, he was. He said something along the lines of like, these are all haunted women. Oh, yeah. It's a ghost. It's like a yeah, ghost story. It's really, if you really, really step back from it, it's dark. But yes. I don't want to step back from it. I want to be like as close as possible for, to this circuit. <laughs> and I can't get enough of it like I would watch 
unedited footage from that trip to the orchard. Like that yes. was that was wild. Like I couldn't even keep up with it because Dorinda was so off her rocker. And that that part was like when Dorinda was really biting at Tinsley. Like that was like really really too much and over the line and complete it just it just didn't really feel uh grounded in reality it felt like it was grounded in like these feelings that she had and I think she's kind of like maybe a little bit jealous of Tinsley who has somebody um in her life and I, I don't know it just it just felt really ugly I don't know I I feel like Dorinda's never processed Richard's grief in a healthy way I've had right. um, guests before that thought that the reason that her and John were together is that maybe he was like her Coke dealer at one point and they like started a friendship based on partying and that was a way that she could like live out loud and not focus on the grief. But now she's kind of sitting with the fact that her daughter has moved out of the house Richard has been dead for seven years mm. and she is still not fully processed it. Yeah. Which you have to, I mean, like that's really hard. If that's really, if that's your situation, that is really tough. I cannot, I cannot relate to that obviously, but like, I don't know that that's really sad to me. And, and, and I think you're totally right. I think she jumped into this really fun relationship with John and then, he was obviously never the one for her. Obviously right. not. They were they were sort of more like partners in crime. And um, I don't know. It's tough because like when Dorinda's when Dorinda was good, she was so fun. Like I, she used to be one of my favorites on this. And it's just now she's just like barking up the wrong tree, and she's placing blame on other people that it's really her own struggle to figure out. To, again, like like Leah said, you know. Dorinda's still grappling with the fact that she had to bury her husband. But what does Tinsley have to do with that? That's exactly. Literally what, that's literally what Leah said in her confessional. And that, that hit the nail on the head, which is like, why the fuck is Dorinda blaming Tinsley for her own problems? It's just not fair. It's like and she like, thinks Tinsley hasn't um, experienced enough grief or something. Yeah, but it's like... Or enough I, adulthood. But I think you're... Yeah, I think she like looks down on Tinsley. Yeah, but... Again, like there's this double standard. Tinsley is being way more open than she gets credit for, number one. And number two, like nobody else steps in to defend her either, which is really tough also. It's like Sonia also does not like Tinsley. Or or like they have like this like really kind of like bizarre relationship. And Ramona doesn't step in. She kind of said something in her confessional. But, um, you know, it... uh, it, to me, like it was so clear that Tinsley was in the right in that in that argument, right? And, like she was the one that had to walk away because people don't want to diminish Dorinda's pain, but and she's yeah, also scary, right? She gets yeah, that real was mean. scary. She reminds me of Jax and the amount of anger that she has that she is unleashing on the world. And it wasn't always clear that she had this anger, you know, like yeah. she, she really hid it well and, or maybe it didn't exist before, but she really hid it well early. And now it's really coming out. It started to come out, I think last year. And now it's like, now it's like, it's, it's borderline hard to like impossible to watch some of that go on. Um, and I don't think it, I don't think we're, I don't think this is the last of what we're seeing from it. I know. Do you think some of the anger is coming out because now 
Bethany's not there and I feel like Bethany kept everyone from like blowing a fuse because she was the one that could get the most angry I think Dorinda I think if you look back to the first episode when she when Dorinda walked into that when she had that party when she threw she threw that party at that rooftop bar and they all were there and I think there was such an air of Dorinda wanting to step into the Bethany role yeah she she went into this season wanting that spot I think she thought it was hers for the taking. I think that she thought that she fit the mold the best. Um, but it hasn't worked out for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that she has the, the self-control that Bethany has ha- to like to, to really ha- to really kind of like maneuver some of these situations. Because ben- Bethany has the producer's mindset. You know, she, yes. Be- Bethany and so, some of the best Bravo celebrities, Bravo stars ever are the ones that think like producers and they don't let you see that in the moment, but it's so clear that like they, they're so aware of everything that's going on. And Dorinda is such, has such tunnel vision sometimes mm-hmm. that she, it's impossible for her to be the Bethany and like to, to fill that role. I don't think any of them can fill that role, to be honest. Um, if anything, like down the line, Leah could potentially be that person, mm-hmm. but um, she's too new, obviously. Um, but again, I think that's sort of what I was, that what I've been seeing from Dorinda is just this like, uh, it's an unfulfilled want. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not working. Well, there are a few moments that really made me laugh out loud. Um, one was Tinsley training with Martin. Um, oh, the, that the, scene was unexpectedly incredible. Incredible. I mean, yeah. he is this Martin guy is basically her therapist telling her to fight him and he's all of the things that she is worried about all of her doubts like you know fight me box me and he calls her tinsdale which is amazing tinsdale Tinsdale. which which again i again this is coming from brian mullen's recap is i didn't realize that's literally unintentionally a combo of her name and her mom's name oh i didn't realize that either (laughs) like how genius he had no idea what he was doing that is amazing. And then he couldn't remember Dorinda's name. And he's like, where Dorita. do you guys get these names? Dorita. Dorita. That was incredible. Oh, my God. And, I, and it was so great about that really quick. It was just that, like, I thought that was just going to be one of those throwaway beginning of the episode scenes where we see her boxing for five seconds. And then we cut to, like, Luann grocery shopping and Dorinda, like, cleaning up her apartment. No, like, that was, like, a 10-minute scene. It and was it was really deep and fun. Amazing. I love this guy. And he probably hasn't even watched himself on TV. He probably oh, no. is, like... Oh, whatever. There's these cameras. Yeah, I'll sign this form. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. It's good publicity for his boxing gym, and that's all he cares about. So good for him. And then my absolute favorite moment. So when Luann was kind of chasing Tinsley, who had ran Mm -hmm. off and was crying at the orchard, um, and she was trying to... So Tinsley couldn't get a word in. And then when she finally like couldn't speak, she started screaming at everyone. And I then everyone was like, stop say. screaming. And she's like, well, you wouldn't let me talk. So I had to scream. And then one of Lu- the thing Luann said was like, well, if you were just to be a little quieter, like, you know how like Obama and he talks like quieter. And I was that laughing was, so was hard. So amazing. So such a casual like, like you know, little Obama's reference. able to like cut through like, huh? everything just by by being this calm demeanor. He can and it's I mean, like she's not wrong. She's not but wrong, like, but like if someone was freaking the... out and someone told like if I was yelling and someone was like Mandy, could you just speak a little bit more like the 44th like the president of the United States, right. one of the greatest orators in art like history? <laughs> That was so funny, and it just reminded me of like, okay, so Luann is casually, uh, you know, referencing or quoting Barack Obama, 
And then we had Dorinda last year casually quoting Tyler Perry. Yes. So like, you know, <laughs> their own. But like, that was a really funny little throwaway moment for sure. I loved that moment. And then also, so of good. course, Sonia flirting with oh the God. owner of the what a, orchard. What, what, a wo- what a woman Sonia Morgan is. Like that, I mean, you know, you could argue that's a little bit too over the top, I would say, but like there are too many magical moments in that seven minutes of TV to like, to, 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 to kind of push it away because like just flirting with the guy, asking how much he makes on an apple orchard, uh, putting the corn in her bag, peeing in the corn maze, <laughs> talking about how like the donuts are making, or the cheese is making her pussy wet. Like what the heck? I'm talking like, like then they started talking last like, night. A, a micro penis and how she was. <laughs> Never touch a small dick. <laughs> yeah. That's she just shouts it and then she tells Tinsley, whatever you do, any like oh you, you would God. do anything for a guy who would give you a bracelet. You can't write this comedy. You it's cannot write so... this level comedy. It is so that's why New York is so good, is that like they have there's a lack of self-awareness that makes for such good television. They just like let it all fly. And you again, like you literally like these are one-liners that you couldn't can't do write. Much. No. It's so ridiculous and so I'm seeing oh, double and feeling single. That's still my favorite line of the Talk season. About like, like a, that's like a Instagram bio-worthy catchphrase right there. So amazing. Any final oh thoughts on New York? No. I mean, I just like, I know that some people, I see on social media sometimes that people are like, you know, this season is not giving it to me. Blah, what? Blah, blah. Well, because I think that some people, I think there are some Housewives fans who only want the drama. They only want like the Beverly Hills level drama blah, 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 blah. And like, that's not what New York gives us. I don't think- I mean, at least the drama, they days. just move on too quickly from drama. Right, they, they, they move on so quickly. But like, to me, like, that's not its key value. It's like the key value of New York, of Real Hustles of New York is the comedy, like we were saying. It, mm-hmm. it makes me laugh unlike anything else. It is, I just love those women so much. And like, <laughs> I, they, they don't need to be having like some like, huge somebody they don't need to be getting arrested or going to rehab or whatever for me to enjoy watching the show so for me like this season has been great because it's just it feels a little bit more fun and off the cuff than other ones have in the past um not to negate any of those other past seasons yeah less either. calculated right it's just like it's very um it's just like it is what it, it just like is, it is and it's just it like is. i it's just like it's 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 taking us in unexpected ways and um I'm just excited to see that. I know like they have some trips coming up. We have like that we haven't gone to the Berkshires yet. Uh, I don't know why they keep only going to Mexico. Like I would love an answer to that. Like I don't know why the New York cast has only gone to like they haven't gone to Europe in years. Like I don't know what's going on, but um I'm excited for like I'm excited for so much to come. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, well, tell everyone where they can find you. I appreciated you be on this podcast so much. Oh, Love so your takes on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have the same uh, screen name on Instagram and Twitter. It's Gibsonoma, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A. And um, on Twitter, you'll you'll get a lot of live tweeting and a lot of screenshots. Um but if it's too much, I don't care. So, but it's, it's, it's fun. I like, I like um, just putting my thoughts out there and seeing how people react to, to them. Cause it's, you know, at the end of the day, this is all for fun. So it is. And that's yeah. the best part of this is like yeah. people coming together for Bravo. I feel like people appreciate it now more than ever, yeah. you know, stuck at home, not a lot the, to do. 
these are my these are this not not only is this my escapism it's also like my sports i yes. i i yes. break i break this down and i and i and i pay attention to this like it is like it is a game and like it is uh whatever is on like whatever they put on espn i don't know but like this is like my this is my sport and you know, I love that there are so many other people that can say the same. And, I know. And you know, we remember it, like different seasons, right? Yes. And, and it's different like, I, I, like I can't, scandals. You can't, possibly, you can't possibly remember it all, but everyone, everyone picks up different pieces and different quotes and remembers different things. And like when we have these conversations like we just had, it results in just like a meeting of the minds in my opinion. Oh, and totally. It's, it's really fun. And um so we can't take it too seriously, but we can also like take it very seriously. So Yes. I take my housewives <laughs> incredibly seriously. We have to. We have to. I, I I love I love that people have like the ones that they stand and yes. the ones that they love to hate, the ones that they, you know, hate to hate. <laughs> but it's just, you know, everyone has their faves and their favorite yeah. franchises. That's what, it, that's what makes it fun. It's there is something in it for everyone. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for and having me. This is so yes, much fun. We should do yes. this again for sure. I'll come back anytime. Oh, thank you so much, Gibson. Of Have a great afternoon. You too. Spring, time to take in a breath of fresh savings on appliances at the Home Depot's Spring Savings Event. In-store, online, all season long. Save a bundle on the Samsung Front Load Platinum Washer and Dryer. Plus, get free and flexible delivery. That'll give a whole new meaning to spring cleaning and a whole new upgrade to your laundry. Bring on spring with the Spring Savings Event, now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only while supplies last. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.